Welcome to Family Geekery Podcast. This is episode seven. I'm Danny. I'm Chris. <laughs> really planned that one out, we didn't don't we? Plan who speaks second, just who speaks first. <laughs> <laughs> There's a first time for everything. <laughs> so we are Cramber. <laughs> and uh, episode seven. So last week we counted down the top 50 comic book movies of all time. From 50 down to 26, and we're going to finish off that list today, but before we do that, let's talk about our week, girls. Danny, how was your week this past week? We missed you last week. Yeah, you did. I, I was there, actually, if you remember. <laughs> my place was a little different. You, you sound funny. <laughs> uh, my week was good. I didn't do too much nerdy things with exams, but... Uh, was it yesterday? Yesterday we was free comic book day. Yesterday was, yes. So uh, we went to a local comic book shop. Uh, do you remember the name? It's Gateway Comics. And we grabbed a few of those while also supporting some other local comics. And yeah, that was, that was good. It let us pick out a few comics, which was cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. They had... Uh, what three or four tables set up for local artists and writers, authors of comics, and they were signing autographs on their quality pieces of of work, and we uh, we grabbed a couple of those, got to meet some nice people, so that was fun. How about you, Amber? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go get my free comics because I was moving out of my dorm, but. Um, I did start playing a new game, which is pretty cool. It's called Spellcaster University, and it's kind of cool. It's like you build your own Hogwarts, uh, but it's that cool 2D, you know, front-facing view of, of tower building, like like some other games I've played, like Ute Tower, I think it's called. And, Ute Tower, yeah. And stuff like that, where you can see into the little rooms and build grid style um so i played that and it's pretty cool um yeah good good game is it anything like hustle castle i don't know what hustle castle is <laughs> i see advertisements for hustle castle for just about every uh every ipad game that i've played but i've never downloaded it, it looks looks like a strange cartoon version of fallout shelter but with some ah. sexual undertones to it uh, Fallout Shelter is a good example of a game like like the one I was talking about. I forgot that existed. Wait, cool. is that a, a mobile game that you started playing? Or is it no, like it's Steam a, it's game? No, it's on Steam, yeah. And you got that from Humble Humble Bundle? You got the, Humble the Choice. Yeah. Humble Choice, yeah. Very cool. So are we ready to count these things down? Yep. Yeah. Presumably, we're, we're getting into the better movie territory hopefully not that not that the uh first 25 were all stinkers but at least some of these i think i think we would have if if at least not seen them at least heard of them yeah all right so uh same deal we're gonna start off at number 25 here i'll read a little synopsis from from imdb and then we'll discuss what we know about this so number 25 is batman returns and the synopsis says, while Batman deals with a deformed man calling himself the Penguin, wreaking havoc across Gotham with the help of a cruel businessman, a female employee of the latter becomes the Catwoman 
with her own vendetta. That's that's one whole sentence. That's kind of a run on, but <laughs> I got through it. So yeah, so Batman Returns. Have either of you seen this one? This would have been also Batman number two. Nope. Nope. So the second movie in the uh, Michael Keaton era of, of Batman movies starring Danny DeVito as the uh, grotesque penguin, Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. And like I said before, the first movie was real big, so there was a lot of anticipation for the second movie. And it was another uh, summer blockbuster, of course. A lot of hype around it. And uh, I, I, think it, I think it delivered. I believe it was a good movie. 7.1 IMDb rating. Nice. Nice. So when we when we get to finally binge through these uh, with you girls, then you can tell me if uh, if you think that they still hold up. Sure. Mm-hmm. Got Christopher Walken in this oh. one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> as Max Shrek. He, Is that the businessman? He might be the, uh, he might be the, what does it say, cruel businessman? I forget. I just remember the penguin and the Catwoman. Mm. I didn't remember the the whole subplot. Danny DeVito's great and everything, so I'm sure this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, he really fit the part. I don't think they had to <laughs> go too <laughs> too far down the list to cast this one. Right, I mean, he was he was perfect for it. But very good. So going on down to number twenty four, we've got Swamp Thing. So last week we talked about Swamp Thing 2, or Swamp Thing Returns, I believe it was called. So this is after a violent incident with a special chemical, a research scientist is turned into a swamp plant monster. So this... Wow. This, uh, look at the uh, director and writer. You recognize that name? Um, I recognize it, but I couldn't tell you why. Wes Craven. Wes Craven. So he was a big horror film guy, like legend in that in that genre of movies probably most famous for the nightmare on elm street movies oh so yeah so this was again this is 1982 very uh very campy type horror type movie uh i've seen bits and pieces of it but never watched it all the way through because there was a lot in this in this time frame there was a lot of these type movies where some dude gets some bad chemical on him and turns into something crazy, and then he's just misunderstood and all that good stuff. Classic Girl goes missing. Story. Girl goes missing. Yeah, Adrian Barbeau, very famous uh, actress of this time, played the uh, the female part in this one. Not the uh, not the vegan girlfriend, not the, not the vegan daughter, <laughs> plant scientist daughter from from Swamp Thing Returns, but very cool. Swamp Thing, representing number 24. So coming on up the list, number 23, we have Batman, comma, 1966. This is the first one? Oh. So this is this is the Batman cast from the TV show that also launched in 66. And I, I don't remember if this was one of those situations where this movie was like the first four episodes of the show you know like the pilot type thing Uh, where they do that sometimes or if this was completely separate maybe this was a concept to to launch the show but this was a a movie itself starring uh, adam west as batman and burt ward as as robin and the synopsis of this one is the dynamic duo faces four supervillains who plan to hold the world for ransom with the help of secret invention that instantly dehydrates people oh 
Yeah. That's so, a dangerous weapon. Looks like uh, the Riddler, the Joker, and the Penguin. And as far as the fourth one, might be the Catwoman. I'm not sure yeah, if, if, she's, if she classifies as the fourth one. Because there's a couple other smaller parts in there. Uh, Bluebeard and so yeah, this is uh, this is prime 1960s, very campy, uh, bam kapow type action. And uh, the the best part was the the narrator. If you've never seen these or or seen any of the TV show part of it, the narrator in between the cutscenes always making things very dramatic like will batman and robin escape the clutches of the penguin you know that kind of uh, stuff mm-hmm. yeah so that that really made the show because the comics back then would have that too they'd always end in a, like a cliffhanger and have a little a little uh, blurb at the end like join us next issue to see if the good guys defeat the bad guys yeah they referenced that in spongebob with yes. Mermaid Man and Barnacle that's Boy. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess all that's based off of Batman and Robin, but <laughs> I wouldn't, were were they uh, voiced by any of these characters? I forget. That's a good question. I, I think they got some famous voices for them, but I forget if it was one of these mm. guys or not. But yeah, good good stuff. You'll have to watch that sometime, or at least some of the old TV shows, just to get a, a feel for those type shows. Yeah. All right, so what's what's better than Batman? So we climb up to number 22, Daredevil. I've seen this one. Yeah, 2003 Daredevil. So this is the Ben Affleck Daredevil character, not to be confused with the Ben Affleck Batman character. <laughs> this also, this has uh, John Favreau. Yeah. We've seen him up the list a couple times. He's playing Foggy Nelson. So if you've seen the Netflix series, Foggy was his uh, classmate, his co-worker, his best friend. Yeah. And then this also has Jennifer Garner as Elektra, and they spun her off on a Hunter show. Mm-hmm. Um, who plays, you see who plays the, the bad guy? Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. As, as Fisk. Yep. Wilson Fisk. Or what's his, uh, what's his comic book name? Kingpin. Kingpin, that's right. So yeah, great, great big, great big dude, great actor to play the Kingpin part. Terrific actor. We all know the synopsis, a blind man, blinded by toxic waste, which also enhances his remaining senses, fights crime as an acrobatic martial arts superhero. We all love Daredevil. I love this movie. Yeah, this was good. I I watched it a lot as a kid. (laughs) Like, a lot. (laughs) Yeah, this was... 2003 so it was turning the corner from the many years of kind of bad productions to actually getting into decent production territory of of comic book movies yeah had some some cool effects when he was blind but sensing the movement of of people but yeah yep did you see this one danny oh i think i maybe when i was little i remember vaguely the actors and stuff but i can't remember watching it in full yeah we'll have to we'll have to rewatch that one again did he play the daredevil in the tv show too no 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 No, they got a new actor for that he was too busy being a bad batman 
Yeah, and the new one was in, spoiler alert, the new actor Ooh. was in the, yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. No, way, no Way Home? No Way Home. He was the the lawyer. Yeah. And that was the one in the TV on. show? Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Going to number 21, Time Cop, 1994. Max Walker, an officer for a security agency that regulates time travel, must fend for his life against a shady politician who's intent on changing the past to control the future. So I doubt either of you have seen Time Cop, have you? No, I've not. Do you at least recognize the main actor? I recognize the girl. Mia Sarah? Yeah. She was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I don't recognize the main guy. You've certainly heard of Jean-Claude Van Damme. No. No? No. So this is, again, 1994. We are are knee-deep in all kinds of karate and ninja-type movies, and this guy is uh, one of the best of of this time, one of the best like karate type action stars. So he would have been up there with who, who else do you think of when you think of karate action stars back in this time period? Steven Seagal. Have you heard of Steven Seagal? No, no. Jackie Chan. Of course you've heard of Jackie, yeah, Chan. Jackie Chan. Yeah. This, he, he kind of predates Jackie Chan a little bit in, in this genre, but he was, this guy was in a ton of movies all kicking butt and taking names. So yeah, this was this was a weird type, you know, futuristic sci-fi role for him, but it still allowed him to uh to kick some butt. Nice. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, pretty well-received movie at the time too. I don't know if it would hold up though in uh <laughs> in the test of time. <laughs> test of time cop. All right, number 20, Conan the Barbarian. So we talked last week about Conan the Destroyer, which was the sequel to this movie. So Conan the Barbarian, 1982, a young boy, Conan, becomes a slave after his parents are killed and tribe destroyed by a savage warlord and sorcerer, Thulsa Doom. When he grows up, he becomes a fearless, invincible fighter. Set free, he plots revenge against Thulsa Doom. So that's kind of a a familiar plot. Her whole family dies and... You get big and strong and decide to to wage revenge on everybody. (laughs) So Arnold Schwarzenegger playing the part of Conan. You couldn't ask for a a bigger, stronger dude in the movies at this time to play the part of Conan. And we got a uh, James Earl Jones as the the bad guy. Epic. How does that make you feel? Got to see this movie. I mean, he's got the voice to be a bad guy, but we always see him, or at least hear him, <laughs> a lot of times also as the good guy. Yeah. One of he the does. actors I see, Mako, he's in, uh, he was in Avatar The Last Airbender as Uncle Iroh. So it's oh, cool okay. to see him in a live action thing. I've, I've never heard him other than voice acting. So. Yep. So this was a, it was a pretty good movie. Good, good action movie. Nice. All right. Danny, how about you count down? We're starting with number 19. Give us the, uh, do the, the role of the synopsis reader. Uh, the next one is The Mask, 1994. Bank clerk Stanley Ipkiss is transformed into a manic superhero when he wears a mysterious mask. And who's this bank teller? 
with Jim Carrey as the main star. Jim Carrey, not his first time on this list either. What was what was he in? He was also the Riddler in one of the Batman movies, Uh, which I think was number (laughs) fifty. Well, at least he's made it up further on this list. (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, you you just can't go wrong with Jim Carrey leading a role in, in any movie, pretty much. Alongside Cameron Diaz. Especially if the role has to be a, a quirky, crazy, manic superhero in this case. Yeah, he's perfect for that. Yep. I've never seen this, but I've really? heard really good things about it. Oh, this is this is comic gold. Right up his alley. I didn't know it was based on a comic. I mean, actually, I don't know if, if it's really fair to say that he's, he's a great actor because I think this role is just kind of him. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you just let him loose on an audience, he would be the mask, you know. Yeah. But yeah, very good. Very cool. All right. What's the next one, Danny? Blade 2. 2002. Blade forms an uneasy alliance with the Vampire Council in order to combat the Reapers, who are feeding on vampires. Yeah, so... Oh. Blade, as as we'll find out, uh, probably further up the list, and we saw Blade three last week, right? And the other, and the other the top fifty part. He's a daywalker, so he's a vampire, but he's also a vampire hunter. But in oh. this movie, there's there's some uh, even more badder guys that are <laughs> going after the vampires, and he has to team up with the Vampire Council to to help defend them from these reapers. I see that Norman Reedus is in this movie. Yeah, I was about to comment on that too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't yeah. know he did things before Walking Dead. <laughs> From vampires to zombies. Yeah, probably a very young Norman Reedus in this case, yeah. playing the part of Scud. Whoever that is. Yeah. I'm going to guess. A, I need to watch these. I'm going to guess he might be one of the one of the reapers. Got to got to prepare for the the new Blade movies that are coming out. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's very good. What's next? Number 17. From Hell, 2001. In Victorian era London, a troubled clairvoyant police detect- detective investigates the murders of Jack the Ripper. Oh, who's in this? Johnny oh, Depp. Isn't he relevant? Isn't he relevant? <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Depp as Inspector Frederick Aberline. I guess that's oh. how you pronounce it. So yeah, 2001, a young Johnny Depp with Heather Graham as the, uh, the female part. And this sounds like a sounds like fun one. I haven't seen it, but I, I like movies dealing with Jack the Ripper, whether they're you know pseudo documentary style movies or in mm-hmm. this case just using his time era to uh, to play the part and tell the story from a different perspective, in this case, from the police detective's perspective. So, yeah, we might have to put yeah. this on the list of, of two watches. Yeah, and Johnny Depp always thrives in these, like, Victorian historical era roles, so. Yeah, so much that you never know what his true accent is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He plays so many different roles with different accents, and then when he when you see him in real life, like for example with the trial, you wonder is is he just stuck in a 
and an accent from some role because it doesn't sound like uh, what a, a Johnny Depp should sound like. Right. Well, this is on my list. Yep. And then uh, let's let's finish it off, Danny, number 16, with you. Uh, what's next? American Splendor, 2003. An original mix of fiction and reality illuminates the life of a comic of comic book hero, every man, Harvey Peeker. Peeker? I guess, yeah. So this this movie, I've never seen, but I've always been curious of. And by by looking at the cover of it, that's the only thing that made me curious. By looking at the cover of it, it looks like it has something to do with comic books. Right? Yeah. And I never knew what it had to do with comic books. So now I know that it's based on a comic, obviously, <laughs> or else it wouldn't be on this list. And uh, another reason to, to be curious about this movie is that I've, I've loved everything that Paul Giamatti has done. So he's a great actor. And uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, very curious to see uh, what this movie's all about. Um, looks yeah. like he's going to be bouncing back and forth between like a comic world and the real world or something. Maybe. Yeah, it's interesting because um, Paul Giamatti plays Harvey Picard, but Harvey Picard, the real person, is in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I see. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, as, as real, real Harvey. Harvey. <laughs> yep. So that's, that sounds like an interesting dynamic. But if you look at some of the other uh, some of the other names in here, you got Superman, Batman, Robin, Green Lantern. But yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> this is definitely one that. I've always wondered about, and now it's uh, it's solidified my decision that we need to see it. 7.4. Yeah, that 16. might be one of the highest IMDb ratings on this list so far. <laughs> yeah. All right, Amber, why don't you take over the reins and start off there with number 15. All right, number 15 is The Crow from 1994. A man brutally murdered comes back to life as an undead avenger of his and his fiance's murder. Yeah, so we saw uh, Crow two and three oh, earlier that's in the right. list, and if you remember, it was they were different. It was a different story. So the the Crow, I think, the actual you know character Crow was the same, but it was a different person embodying that. So in this case, um, yeah. this was Brandon Lee, who is Bruce Lee's son. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, and Brandon Lee was the uh, the star Eric who's at the beginning of the movie killed him and his wife are killed and then he spends the rest of the movie coming back as the crow to to seek vengeance and avenge their their deaths is he the one that died on a set? he died on this set yes oh yep. no and it was after they were they were done filming and they were re-shooting one of the scenes and he was handed a uh, a prop gun that only shoots blanks and it had a blank in it, but the, uh, the chamber, the barrel wasn't clear. So there was still some debris in the barrel. And when he shot it, the, uh, the blank, which is just an explosive, you know, no projectile supposed to be no projectile. Mm -hmm. It pushed whatever was stuck in there. There was a bullet lodged in there or something for some reason. And it pushed that through and, and yeah, he, he died from, from that it was very tragic of course at the time that sounds tragic and they they uh you know some people likened it to the uh the curse of bruce lee because 
Yeah, I've heard of the and Bruce, Bruce Lee also died, I think, on the set of maybe Enter the Dragon. It was one of his big movies uh, towards the end of his, well, yeah, towards the end of his career. Um, <laughs> oh. So, yeah, so some people have kind of drawn parallels between between those two deaths. There was a, there was a whole movie about the, uh, the curse. And there was an, another movie mm. called The Dragon that told the story of, of how Bruce Lee got started and, and some of the, the tragedies towards the end of his life. But yeah, this was, like I said before, a, uh, a very goth, dark, perfect 90s uh, setting for, for a movie. Again, throw some grunge music in the background, and yeah. uh, it's a good time. 7.5, still ranking up pretty good on, on the IMDb rating there. Yeah. So this is yeah. definitely, definitely one worth, worth watching. I think I've, I saw this one many times. Uh, again, back in these '90s days, we we would rewatch it over and over again because it was a good movie at the time. Uh, seen it much more times than uh, two and three. Very good. What's next on the list? All right, number fourteen is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Wonder what this is Heroes about. Show. Fourteen. <laughs> Four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles emerge from the shadows to protect New York City from a gang of criminal ninjas. And have you seen this one? This is this is the OG movie. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I've seen this one. So you guys got to see this one. I remember the Japan one and then the remake that was made, I don't know, in the 2010s. Those are the only ones I remember watching. Yep. Yeah, this was, like I said last week, the uh, hot off the the big hype of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they were like everywhere after that, after that first comic dropped and became so famous. Uh, we got cartoons, movies, uh, a, a toy line that was just incredible. And yeah, this is, yeah. this is good stuff. A lot of cheap humor in this, you know, <laughs> cow bunga pizza and all kinds of weird stereotypes for uh, teenage surfer skater yeah. skateboard type ninjas <laughs> some, some kitty yeah. humor then we got some good parts in there of uh, shredder who's the bad guy and then splinter who's showing them the way which is a, a big rat right you've seen splinter yeah mm-hmm. but yeah good good movie yeah for sure i bet all, all right, right. next Number 13 is Batman Mask of the Phantasm from 1993. Batman is wrongly implicated in a series of murders of mob bosses actually done by a new vigilante assassin. So this is a a cartoon? cartoon Yes, it is. And this, I, I didn't watch these. This was 93, kind of past my time of watching cartoons. Not that... I don't still watch cartoons now, but <laughs> this wasn't, I wasn't coming home from, uh, from school and turning on the, uh, the old TV and watching, you know, cartoons in 1993. So this one has yeah. completely gone under my radar, but I know that this, this style of the Batman, this, uh, this era of his animation was probably the most popular. And obviously, I mean, it's got Mark Hamill voicing the Joker, which, he he's done a lot in a lot of the movies and cartoons. He's become almost so. just as famous doing this voice. Yeah, or uh, that other small role that he had in some some science fiction movie, oh, some indie film, some indie film, yeah, yeah. some very low 
low budget film that was made. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, this is one that that definitely uh, became very popular, and it looks like it's it still holds up. Yeah, it looks well animated, cool art style, very cool. All right, what's next? All right, number twelve is Men in Black, nineteen ninety seven. A police officer joins a secret organization that polices and monitors extraterrestrial interactions on Earth. Starring Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. <laughs> Very good movie. Yeah, this was, this was a fun one. Yeah, we said last time that we've seen all the men in blacks, but couldn't really pick them apart plot-wise. <laughs> um, I think I'm a bit more familiar with the third one because it was released, like, I don't know, like 10 years after the second one. Um, but... The first two, I get confused, but still, really good movie. Yep. I love the scene where uh, Will Smith is trying out for the, the team or whatever, trying trying to become an agent, and they're going through the shoot house and shooting all the uh, the targets and stuff, and he shoots the lady holding the baby or whatever. Or, oh, she had a oh, book, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, no lady is supposed to have that book. I forget what the title of the book was, but yeah, that was that was good. <laughs> And then you see uh, Vincent, <laughs> I'm going to get his name pronounced wrong, D'Onofrio, Dian, right? D'Onofrio? Vincent D'Onofrio? <laughs> <laughs> you said it three That's different right. times. It, it, one of them try it. right? <laughs> yeah, you recognize him, right? He He's the kingpin familiar. from the Daredevil Netflix show. Oh, he look, his IMDb picture looks totally different from how I recognize him. Do you remember him, who yes. Edgar is in, in this uh in this movie is he like is he an alien he was like what a farmer or something he wore the coveralls and he got he was the the alien came down and and took over his body right away and he's the one that went through the rest of the the movie trying to he was trying to get whatever the thing was that the the aliens were trying to get he was trying to get i forget what they were trying to capture but he just walked around his body wasn't like working right right. he kind of stumbled around and his face was I all contorted. That yeah, that was a that was a good part for him. Nice. All right, can't go wrong with Men in Black. Right. Yeah, number eleven is Akira from nineteen eighty eight. A secret military project endangers Neo Tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychotic, psychic psychopath who can only be stopped by a teenager, his gang of biker friends, and a group of psychics. <laughs> you got psychic psychopath. All right. So this is a Japanese anime. Yes. Movie. Very famous one. I've never seen it, but I've definitely heard of it over and over again. Um, very, yeah, this is very typical of your uh, Japanimation type stuff, speed racer looking type animation. Yeah. And like the 80s is when, it, when Japan influence started, you know, in, in America, right, with anime oh yeah the, the, more, more a lot of anime coming through a America. lot of american uh animation companies and and tv broadcast companies were just buying up like every kind of anime and uh and they'd bring it over to the states and then they'd do the voiceover on it and a lot of times yeah. the voiceover would completely change the story <laughs> so some of the, some of the tv shows mm-hmm. that came over had completely different stories and the creators are like, what, 
what is going on? <laughs> but they, they tried to Americanize it or in some situations they couldn't figure out a good parallel for whatever the story was, you know, culture wise. So they would just change the story yeah. up and uh, a lot of it suffered story wise, but apparently the Sekiro one has held up pretty well. And it's got an 8.0 out of 10 wow. on IMDb yeah. rating. Yep. So this one, uh, now that I've seen it again, I might have to put that on the list of something to, to look out for. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Number 10. We're in the top, top 10, 10 now. Is Blade 1998. A half vampire, half mortal man becomes a protector of the mortal race while slaying evil vampires. I think it's a bit implied that he's half vampire and half mortal, but cool <laughs> yep so this is this is the first one so it's it's kind of neat to see in in most cases that the first movie is always the best one and then the sequels <laughs> kind of get a little bit worse yeah. and worse each time but i guess in this case that's that's how it's ranked also another wesley snipes uh playing the part of a, a badass vampire hunter and a lot of good action scenes in this one and uh, yeah. he's got Chris Christopherson, which is his uh, kind of man in the in the headquarters there that, that keeps everything going and shows him the way and uh, teaches him how to do things uh, smartly. So that was a good part for him, too. So, yeah, nice. we're going to bench through all these Blade movies, see if mm-hmm. see if the Definitely. first one is really we're the best all on Netflix one. now, so. Yep. All right. Number nine is Batman from 1989. Um, The Dark Knight of Gotham City begins his war on crime with his first major enemy being Jack Napier, a criminal who becomes a clownishly homicidal joker. (laughs) Clownishly is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh, this is the the infamous Jack Nicholson joker with the the weird mouth. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is... There's there's been a lot of uh, a lot of debates as to who's the best Joker, and I think it some of it comes down to who you grew up with, or you know that kind of thing. Uh, but he definitely had a, a great role as the Joker. There was some weirdness, of course, this being a, a Tim Burton movie. There was some weirdness involved with the movie where uh, he would dress up like a, a painter and go into the museum. And uh, just start throwing graffiti over all these great paintings while he's got a boombox playing some rap song that was well dated in the in the late eighties. So this is the one that I must have watched like the first half of because I remember the art gallery or art museum or whatever. Yeah, I think Prince did the entire soundtrack to it. So it was a, a Prince like a wow. Prince rap song playing. <laughs> Yeah, so he's a lot of people have criticized how clownishly homicidal he is, but at the same time, he's doing graffiti. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to show you Gotham City, but he had some other, some other uh, bad plots that, of course, the Batman foiled. Right. But yeah, this is this is the original again. Like we said on that last movie, it looks like it's going to hold true again. That the first is quite possibly the best of of the franchise. Yeah. Uh, the first one with Michael Keaton. Uh, Kim Bassinger as Vicky Vale, uh, Robert Wool 
as Alexander Knox, another, uh, I think he was the, the news reporter that was trying to get the skinny on the, on the story of the Batman. Uh, yep. Good movie. Blockbuster. We talked about that in the, in the episode about Batman, how, how this one was on the charts as number one or number two for about six months in a row at starting uh, that summer. Okay. Good stuff. Very cool. All right. What's next? Number eight is The Rocketeer from 1991. A young pilot stumbles onto a prototype prototype jetpack that allows him to become a high-flying masked hero. Yep. Huh. This was a, a very stylistic movie. If you see some of the uh, the screenshots there or the even the cover. Yeah, this looks really cool. He's got a jetpack, but at the same time, he's got a very like neo-future look to him. Yeah, Iron Giant. Yeah, yeah, very much like that. Uh-huh. Come from a, a graphic novel titled The Rocketeer. So is the film all in black and white? I don't believe so. It looks like a lot of the still images okay. are, but I, I don't okay. remember it being in black and white. Okay. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, I guess the, the trailer isn't black and white. I'm... I remember I saw this in the theaters, so back in 1991, but haven't seen it since. So, do you remember liking it? I'm, yeah, I remember it being very popular and uh, and being a good you know action movie for the time. But yeah, we'll have to we'll have to nice. re- revisit that one. Terry O'Quinn from Lost. <laughs> Only thing I know him from. Oh yeah. I didn't even realize he was in anything before Lost. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> All right. Well, number seven on our list is Ghost World from 2001. With only the plan of moving in together after high school, two unusually devious friends seek direction in life. As a mere gag, they respond to a man's newspaper ad for a date, only to find it will greatly impact their lives. Yeah. I can tell you right away I've never seen this one. But looking at the cast. Looks familiar. I gotta see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. A very young Scarlett Johansson. Very young. She looks crazy. And Steve Buscemi, who's who's great in everything that he's been in. <laughs> I wonder who it is is the uh the man that they're they're pranking to go on a date with. I wonder if that's it's got to be Steve Buscemi if he's like the top Could be. Cast, Could right? be Brad Renfro playing Josh. I don't know. Hmm. The very vague IMDb synopsis. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, it looks, uh, looks like one worthy of watching. A 7.3 IMDb rating. Made it yeah. pretty far up this list. I'm surprised I've never heard of this because it seems like it would have a cult following. Yep. <laughs> All right, what's next? Number six, X-Men from 2000. In a world where mutants, evolved superpowered humans, exist and are discriminated against, two groups form an inevitable clash, the Supremacist Brotherhood and the Pacifist X-Men. Gotta say I'm disappointed that this didn't make top five. Oh, so you've seen this. That's okay. Oh, so I've seen (laughs) this. (laughs) It's not like I was raised on these movies and they're my favorite thing ever. <laughs> yep. This was uh this was pretty fantastic. The X-Men in the uh 
in the late 80s and all through the 90s, probably taking over as the top comic of the time, you know, taking taking over from the likes of Spider-Man and the Avengers and, and all those. Uh, everybody just loved the mutants. And uh, luckily, they waited long enough to make a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine a, a mid-80s X-Men movie looking like some of the ones that we saw last week with the Captain America. The Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. The 1994 <laughs> version of that one. Yeah. So luckily, they waited long enough to make this movie. It was a, a blockbuster for sure. I loved every second it of it. brought to life all the main characters that, that you'd want to see. You got Logan... You got Gene Gray, you got Scott Summers, all the ones from the from the comic, and uh, told a good story. Less uh, less mutant like crazy action story, and more of a like societal representation of yeah know, a misunderstood group of of people, and how two different sides can. Uh, can try to uh, win over the the hearts or just completely destroy Definitely. <laughs> the non-mutants. <laughs> and this movie, I don't know, it's just so impactful because it, it created a, a legacy of, you know, 20 plus years of, of, well, maybe not 20 plus, but about 20 years of X-Men movies, you know, the reboots, some better than others, but um, a very good very good film franchise. And with, with these type movies, you got to watch each one as its own movie and not so much look at yeah. the 20 year run and, and look at time. <laughs> Timeline's time a little yeah. messy. You can't, you can't look at that because the people that, that complain about the timelines getting all messed up, obviously didn't read the, the comics <laughs> because you, you run the <laughs> same comic for 20 something years and you're going to have to be, you know, messing up timelines left and right too. So, yeah, um, yeah, it just comes with the comes with the subject matter. Yeah, glad to see this one uh, this high up the list. Surprised like you that it didn't make it further up, but that just makes me uh, more curious as to what the top movies are going to be. Definitely. All right, let's get into the top five. All right, number five. Road to Perdition. A mob enforcer's son in the 1930s Illinois witnesses a murder, forcing him and his father to take the road and his father down a path of redemption and revenge. Road to Perdition. So this is based on a, a graphic novel. I've never read it. I did not know until I looked at this list that this movie was based on a graphic novel. But I do remember this being... A big movie for the time. I didn't. I haven't seen it. Again, uh, two thousand two. This was early in the days of being a father for me, so had my hands busy with a couple other things. But I'm sorry. You're sorry. <laughs> I blame you. <laughs> sorry, you couldn't watch I these I blame movies. you for all the movies that I've missed. <laughs> but yeah, we've got Tom Hanks. So automatically, wow. you know it can't be too horrible of a movie. <laughs> so. Uh, Really, I don't know anything about this, but looking at the list of people, it's also got Jennifer Jason Lee, Daniel Craig, uh, Paul Newman, who you guys have probably heard of. He's got a, a tiny franchise of salad dressings and stuff that he does. 
Oh, <laughs> Newman's Newman's own yeah. all those uh, things in the yeah. grocery store. Good honey He's mustard. actually a very famous, very famous actor <laughs> who decided to uh, to do that as a charity and give give away all of the uh, the profits of that to charity. And little did he know that it'd be That's one awesome. of the top brands in the in the grocery stores. He probably every now and then wishes that he didn't make the promise to donate the money, but. I'm sure he's doing okay on his own. But yeah, so uh, nothing, you can't go wrong with a good 1930s mob movie. Especially yeah. as uh, when when you see that Tom Hanks must be the mob enforcer <laughs> if, if he and his son are the ones that are on the on the run. So yeah. I, gotta, I gotta get me some of this to see how well of a mobster uh, Tom Hanks can be. Yeah, he's always a good guy. It'll so. it'll make me listen to Woody's voice a lot different after seeing this. I think. <laughs> like, I thought he was a good cowboy. <laughs> cowboy mobster was the difference. <laughs> All right, number four, Superman, nineteen seventy eight. So the first of the Superman series, starring Christopher Reeves Reeve as Superman. An alien orphan is sent from his dying planet to Earth where he grows up to become his adoptive home's first and greatest superhero. First and greatest superhero. So yeah, Superman. He's faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Never heard of him. Able to leap small yeah. buildings in a single bound. <laughs> so yeah. No, I have seen this one. You've seen one. this one. Yeah. What do you remember from it? Uh, is is this the one where he like turns back time where he flies it against the rotation of the earth or is that like a, the sequel? Spoiler alert. Uh Oh, spoiler <laughs> alert from 1978. Oh later. no. Yeah. Something happens to Lois Lane. Who's of course his love interest and he's able to uh, fly backwards against the rotation of the earth so fast that it re- reverses time. So that is yep. this one. Okay. Yeah. That's the only thing I remember. Yep, and this one you got Gene Hackman playing his his long-standing role as Lex Luthor and Ned Beatty as, as that guy's sidekick. Um, did have General Zod in this one. And yeah, this is a, a good kind of origin story. Shows him coming to Earth as a, as a uh, naked little baby. <laughs> little <laughs> Might have baby. been some, some partial nudity on the, on the baby, that, which was... Oh, I remember that. A little baby yeah, butt. Completely fine back in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be disclaimers for it. But yeah, the good uh, good origin story playing the part of Clark Kent and Superman who are completely indistinguishable from each other. Oh, yeah. Once you, once you put those glasses on. Yeah. Yeah, great, uh, great kickoff on this franchise. <laughs> All right. Going up the list to number three. Uh-oh. Breaking our it's rule. breaking the rule breaking of sequels. Superman 2, 1980. So the sequel to the last movie is better. Superman agrees to sacrifice his powers to start a relationship with Lois Lane, unaware that three Kryptonian criminals he inadvertently released are conquering Earth. Oh, yeah, did you see this one? Uh, Either of you? Um, I don't know if I saw this one. So yeah, he have to starts off, it. you know, by giving up his powers. He, I think, he went into his crystal fortress or something like that, and 
relinquished his power so he could be a, a mortal earthling type human with with uh, started life with his lowest lane and then you know just a couple minutes movie wise after that here comes the uh the three bad guys who were uh, floating through the air or floating through space and some panes of glass that cracked <laughs> and that was the uh, so i believe that was general zod and non and ursa it was two males and a female that came and they had of course kryptonian superpowers and superman didn't and it became ugly pretty quick Uh-oh. Yeah. so so how are you going to deal with that clark kent going to save the save the world from three kryptonian baddies and of course gene hackman there to uh to be the lex luther part again and uh, i think he tried to like coerce the the aliens into being bad for his behalf and that doesn't always work well but yeah, this is. I think this was uh, probably further up the list. This is better than the first one. If I had to guess why, it's because it, it shows him having you know real human problems, uh, which is which is something that that Marvel has always been credited for versus DC as showing the the, the real yeah. life you know problems that even someone with superpowers still has you know has issues in, in life and and hardships and this this showed someone who's been criticized as being o- op right someone who's been criticized as being right. indestructible and the man of steel and uh, way too powerful and we have to have some way of making him weak well let's take away all of his powers for for a whole movie and see what happens you know i may have seen that one yep it was a good one i don't know yeah all right so what can be better than that we got two movies left Coming in at number two, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> so the original Spider-Man, Sam Raimi era of Spider-Man from 2002. This this is a, a plot that we've never heard before. When bitten by a genetically modified oh. spider, a nerdy, shy, awkward high school student gains spider-like abilities that he eventually must use to fight evil as a superhero after tragedy befalls his family. So just like Batman, we've we've seen his origin story over and over again in the movies. But this was... I don't know if I've seen this one. Sure you <laughs> have. 2002. This is, again, this is just after those X-Men movies. So we're in the, the territory of if you're going to make a superhero movie, it's got to be good now, right? The bar has already been set. We don't mm, We don't yeah. have to compare it to those other movies. So yeah, this is great. Uh, Toby McGuire, who people are still arguing is the the best Spider-Man best ever. Spider-Man. I think he's my favorite Spider-Man. And uh, Willem Dafoe playing the Green Goblin, and uh, J.K. Simmons playing J. Jonah Jameson. Perfect. <laughs> he he will be J. Jonah Jameson forever, I think. Forever. <laughs> as long as they can continue to uh, compete with his pay from farmer's insurance. <laughs> we are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. So, yeah, you guys like this movie? I do. I love this movie. I remember watching it on a little movie player on, like, a road trip or something. Oh, yeah. My memory. One of the memory. One of the many miscellaneous gadgets of technology to keep you guys occupied in the back of a minivan yeah. or, yep. or you're driving down to Florida. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah, this this movie will always be sentimental to me as like one of the first superhero movies I've ever seen. And Spider-Man's always been my my favorite superhero, probably because of this movie and seeing it so early in life. So yep. yeah. I got a weak spot for Spider-Man. And these movies were huge for Sony. Sony who owned the rights at the time and, and made these mm-hmm. movies. And if you look at the uh, the font that they use for Spider-Man in these Sam Raimi movies, uh, they they even use that font for the PlayStation. I was just about to say yeah, that. Had, <laughs> yeah, a big tie tie over between the PlayStation and Spider Man at the time. Yep, Sony uh, Sony made some money on these, I believe. A little, a little bit of money. So if that's number two, what could possibly be number one? Drum roll! I'm not going to bang my desk. <laughs> <laughs> so. We make it all the way to number one, best comic book based movie of all time, which might have a little little bias because it's probably the most recent of the time that this this article was published in this magazine, is X2, yep. X-Men United from 2003, when anti-mutant Colonel William Stryker kidnaps Professor X and attacks his school, the X-Men must ally with their arch enemy Magneto to stop him. So just like when Blade had to join forces with the Council of of uh, <laughs> Vampires to to beat the Reavers, we've got the X Men teaming up with Magneto and his uh, his crew to uh, to fight William Stryker. Who's I will say, I agree with this as number, number one. one. You like this one better than than X Men? I do because. I liked how it, it showcased more of the students. You know, we have um, Iceman and Jubilee and, you know, a lot of the, the students had their little escape from the school moment, which which I really liked. Yeah, and Brian Cox, who's played a lot of parts uh, throughout all of movie and television, playing a, uh, a very good part of William Stryker, playing the part of a person that you, you love to hate. And you yeah. want you want him to uh, to get his in the end, right? So you got all these mutants coming after him. But yeah, this is another another blockbuster hit, another uh, action packed movie full of mutants and superpowers. You always like to see, you know, in, in each of these movies, they usually draw out some origin of of one of the new characters that they're featuring. So that's always fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the team up of Professor X and Magneto. Oh yeah, their their friendship is just iconic. It's it's so good, and I'm I'm glad they expanded on that with the with the the reboots. And I guess it's not really a reboot, just a prequel situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> and don't try to read um, into the timelines or anything. Yeah, it starts getting real confusing. <laughs> but yeah, that. That uh, I don't have any problems with the uh, the top four at least. If if I'd never opened the magazine up and had to think of the uh, the top four, I would have got that. Now number five, I would have never gotten Road to Perdition in a million years because, like I said, I didn't even know that it was a comic book based movie. But yeah, definitely looking at this list, the uh, the two Supermans, the Spider Man and the X Men two. 
that would have that would have definitely uh, no no surprises there at least. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I wasn't predicting anything. I just assumed that you know, knowing the time period that Spider Man and X Men and X Two would all be close to the top. So yeah, I, I agree. I wasn't surprised with Spider Man or X Men. It would be hard if they did this article today now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they just recently had, what was it, the 75th anniversary of the NBA, and they had the 75 top players of all time. And it gets real weird when you have you know people coming on the list that are you know current players, and they're bumping off people that were Amazing. You know, considered legends already. Amazing for their time. So how would yeah. you take... Now, now we could we could weed a lot of movies off of this list. I think almost instantly uh, <laughs> to to fill up the top fifty. But in the last in the last twenty years since this article came out, it's just been like nothing but block blockbuster comic book related movies. Yep. So you'd have yeah. to expand it out to like a top one hundred list or something to to make it fair. Maybe we should make our own top favorites. That sounds like work. Family Geek. <laughs> sounds like work. It would be very biased. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We had fun counting these 50 movies down, even though between the three of us here, we've probably seen... A third of them. <laughs> a third of them, maybe. Maybe 10, yeah. out, of the, 10 out of the 50. Um, but it's been fun nonetheless, and uh, and it's good to to find some movies to to put on our list of of things to to look out for, so that next time we find ourselves in front of Netflix death scrolling, we can say, oh wait, let's just uh, let's just see this movie and try to yeah. try to find one. We hope that the listeners out there have found something in this top fifty list to put on their list of of things to watch. Let us know by sending an email to podcast at familygeekery.com. If there's something on this list that you believe is a must watch for us, you know, give us something to watch. Or if you found something on this list that you have since watched and, uh, and you want to thank us for bringing it to your attention. If you want to thank us by simply reading an article written in 2003 <laughs> by someone else <laughs> who did all the work for us, then uh, we will, we will certainly take that. That thanks. Thank you as always for listening to the podcast. And as always, peace out and geek out. And geek oh. out. How do you turn this thing off? Thank you for listening to the Family Geekery podcast. For more information, visit www.familygeekery.com. Don't forget to subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. And until next time, peace out and geek out.